Hello, and welcome to The Exit, presented by Flip. I'm your co-host, Steve McGarry, and this is a 30-minute podcast featuring amazing entrepreneurs who have been there, and they have done it. They have exited businesses, they have bought businesses, and they talk about the tricks and the tips that they have learned while operating those businesses. And before we dive into today's episode with Jeff Weiner, an amazing entrepreneur, definitely check out my previous interview with Mark Andre, the co-founder of Vital Dollar. There's some incredible content in there about scaling up content businesses, and definitely be sure to check that out wherever you're listening on uh, your device, wherever you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud, it is worth the listen. So on this special episode, I sit down with Jeff Weiner to go over some of the really powerful things post acquisition. Now, this is a topic that a lot of people don't talk about. And after you sell a business that you've been building for, let's say, 10 years, eight years, six years, five years, whatever it may be, there is a short period of time, some long periods of time for some people where there's a layer of depression or a layer of uh, lack of meaning that comes into the picture. You've been building something for a very long time, and when you sell it, it goes off into someone else's hands, and your baby, quote unquote, <laughs> is passed over to a different parent. A lot of people struggle with this. I did myself. Many people that I know that have sold uh, very large-scale businesses um, run into this because it takes a long time to build businesses up. So this is a very special episode in terms of the mindset post-acquisition. And Jeff Weiner has founded multiple companies. He's a real estate investor, best-selling author, and just overall really nice guy. And it was fun to sit down and talk to him about his walks on the beach that are literally like epiphany after epiphany, <laughs> him walking on the beaches, which is a really uh, great way of filtering th things through your mind and, and, and sorting things out on your own. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Jeff Weiner. What is up, everyone? I am here with Jeff Weiner, the entrepreneur and investor. How are you doing, Jeff? Good morning. I'm great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. So before we dive into just the psychology around what happens after an exit, let's hear a little bit about your story. What, uh, what's your background and, and what brought you to, to sell your business? Sure. So I've been a serial entrepreneur all my life. Started my first business at 16. Uh, and I started my second business while I was in college. Um, sold that at, at the age of about 19 or 20. And then started a telecom company when I was 21. And I ran that for 27 years. Uh, I grew the business to a fairly large size. We had about 55 employees by the time I sold it. And I ended up selling that business um, not because it, it wasn't profitable. It certainly was. The business did extremely well, but more because I got tired of running a business. And I would say the daily grind of uh, managing people, managing the, the scale of a business of that size, going to the office on a daily basis, uh, managing warehouse and staff and everything else – just kind of got to me and I came to the realization that there had to be more to life than running a business. Um, in, in actual fact, I was walking along the beach in South Florida in January of 2017 
And I came to the realization at that point that, so I went for a long walk on the beach. And while I was on, while I was on the walk, I started the walk with the intention of figuring out how I was going to double the business yet again, because I'd just come off a cycle of doubling the business. So we're now in January, 2017, after three hours of my walk in Florida, I'm thinking about what I need to do, who I need to hire, who I'm going to promote. We're going to be moving office space. We need more warehouse. And I had everything lined up. And after about three hours of the walk, I came to the realization I'm sitting there and I'm looking at, at the beach and I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do it any longer. I went to the JW Marriott on the beach and I, I took out my phone, had a beer. And for the next three hours, typed away on my phone and I I'd generated notes on what I needed to do for the next stage of my life. The very next day, I called the M&A advisor and I advised him that I was no longer interested in running my business, put it on the market in January of 20, 2017. It was a fairly lengthy process. It took about 10 months. And by October 2017, I'd exited. Uh, I stepped down as president at the end of December 2017, and um, that, that's the quick story, I guess, of, of who I am and why I came to sell my business a few years ago. Nice, nice. I love that. It all happened on a walk. It was all from... It like, was an epiphany. An epiphany. Epiphany walking. Nice. If you will, yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that you actually set out on the walk to think about doubling the business, and it turns out that that was exiting which is a fantastic way of looking at it when you're going on a walk because everybody kind of has these Zen zones that they go into and uh, they're able to do it at like the gym with headphones on, things like that. And it's really cool that you did it while you were on a walk. So talk about the, the actual exit itself. What was, um, you know, whatever you can mention about the structure, if it was something that, um, you know, was it, seller financing, how, whatever you can mention about how, how that process was with Ernst & Young. So I called Ian Y. So come back from the beach. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm at home. It's, this is on a Sunday. Monday morning, I called Chris, is his name, the M&A advisor from Ian Y. And I said to Chris, I want to, I'm ready to sell. It's Monday morning. It's 8 o'clock, whatever. First call of the day. I'm ready to sell my business. He says, Jeff, what's going on? Because we just spoke a few weeks ago and you said you've got another few years in you. And I said, nope, done, ready, get me out as fast as I can. <laughs> so we meet in early February and I go through the process and I meet with a number of different M&A advisors. And although E&Y was our accounting firm and they were doing our audits and everything else, it wasn't, I mean, the presumption was that they were going to get the work, but I had to shop it around. So I talked to three different companies and I ended up going with them. And as part of the process, I had looked at a few years prior what was required in order to sell the business? And EY gave me a list of, and I'm not exaggerating, 150 things that I needed to have done in order to sell my business. In other words, having your accounting up to date, having your accounts receivable, all of your KPIs properly outlined. But there were literally 150, it was a 150 list document. And it was daunting. But that document in and of itself gave me, and having it so far in advance, gave me a long time in advance to get everything ready. So when I was, and a lot of those things are just best business practices in any event, having proper HR policies and proper HR documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So when I told him I was ready to sell, I knew he was going to say to me, oh, by the way, you got a lot of work ahead of you. But in actual fact, we had done all that preparatory work well in advance. And we were running our business whether it was going to be sold or not, 
in a best practice fashion. So all of those things that he was going to ask for are the best ways to run your business anyway. So when he started asking for data, we had it. Like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. And so he put together a confidential information memorandum, uh, or they did anyway. It was probably, I don't know, uh, the, the document itself was a beautiful PowerPoint presentation, probably 80 pages long. Uh, and it detailed um, all the business and everything else about it. And they sent it out to... Uh, I think at least 50 or 60 companies, and we had about nine active bidders. When we started the process in February of 2017, they explained that it would take, and they, they laid out the outline or guideline of how long it would take to sell the business before I actually got the check and signed the document. And they were pretty much on target almost to the day. And they suggested you're going to sell probably in sometime October 2017, and it ended up closing in October of 2017. So it went on target. Um, and uh, it was my company was bought by private equity. It was an eight-figure deal. Um, and, uh, I walked away with a minority share in the business. Nice. So, and, and I committed to staying on board for another three more months and, um, it wasn't an earnout. It was, I'll stick around for three months. I'll groom a new president. And then I walked away in January, 2018, the end of December. So new year's Eve, December 31st, 2017 was officially my last day as president of my company. Wow. A fresh start. A fresh start. That's fantastic. So that's a great segue into kind of after the the acquisition. And when we spoke before we we jumped on the show, uh, we really were talking about some of the some of the issues that a lot of people don't cover when they're talking about an exit. Like there's this glamorous kind of high profile exit that a lot of people uh, kind of dream of, and they're building this business. But a lot of the things that kind of go under the radar are the fact like you've put years into this business that just goes in 10 months. It's just poof, someone else's business. And you know, you're there for three months and then you have a fresh start. And it sounds like yours was a very positive kind of fresh start because you had uh, a good size exit. You had a good private equity company that came in to take it over. So it wasn't just going to fizzle out, <laughs> you know, after the fact. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like your, your perspective on, on post acquisition? Like what was it like for you? So it's January 8th, 2018. So now you're fast forward one year later. I'm on the I'm in Florida again. And I'd finished my family vacation. My wife and, and my kids actually flew back to our home. I stuck around in Florida. We have a house there. And it's my first day post-sale, first day as no longer president officially, I sit down, I'm looking at my computer screen and I'm thinking, what the heck am I going to do? I have, I don't have a job. Uh, I don't have anyone reporting to me. I have real estate and have other things going on in my life, but I needed a purpose. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't have one. So I'm like trying to figure out what to do again I go back to the beach, take a long walk one year later. And I'm like, okay, what on on earth am I going to do? I started getting busy and I get, got busy with things. I I wrote a book, kick-ass entrepreneur's guide to investing. It actually did very well. It, it sold over 50,000 copies on Amazon. Wow. But I, I wrote a book. Um, I started a blog, The Kick-Ass Entrepreneur. I started writing. I started doing videos. And I, I, I started, I had this need to get busy again. And 
I would say about six months, it was like this existential crisis that I'd faced because I'd always been busy in my business. I always had a lineup of people waiting at my door. I had hundreds of emails, literally hundreds of emails coming in on a daily basis. I had tons, like tons of stuff going on in my life and all of a sudden it's done. And I had this need to be, what's the right word? Significant. It was this feeling of significance that I had when I was president and it was missing. And I had to get that feeling of significance back again, but I wasn't running my old business. So I started getting busy with other things and I was getting that feeling of significance from the positive affirmations from my book and my podcast, my blog. I hadn't started a podcast yet at this point, but I was so busy again that by August of 2018, I was stressed. I wasn't sleeping. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Why am I not sleeping? And I, again, I, I came to the realization that I was trying to replicate or replace something that was missing in my life. So I, I, I slowed down and I said to myself, I, I got to stop. I got to figure out what is important to me. I actually ended up reading the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, I, I documented, I laid out what are the most important things in my life. And I kind of crafted that. And I've now moved into a new, I um, so it sort of moved me into a new position where I was okay not to run a business. I was okay not to feel significant. I was okay not to make a lot of money running a business because those were not the things that were important to me any longer. And so I had to tell myself that it was okay for those things not to happen and for me to release that. Awesome. So you have had quite a few walks where you've had these epiphanies and really determined your future on a lot of these walks, which is super exciting. And I love emphasizing that because a lot of people, you know, especially we had Melissa Kaufman on the show and she talked a lot about uh, the characteristics or I guess you call them personality traits of entrepreneurs that always have to be doing a bunch of different things. And uh, I think that you, what you're mentioning is super relevant to a lot of people out there. So let's kind of pick up to, to after the acquisition, after you've talked about kind of coming to terms with the fact that you can somewhat retire, somewhat relax, um, and then pick up from the Kick-Ass Entrepreneur blog. Sure. You know, I I don't know that I'm ever, I I haven't really been comfortable with the notion of retiring. I I need to be busy. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have an office at home and and I, I sit down at my desk and I look at buying businesses. I look at, um, being an angel investor and, and I, 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 I make phone calls just almost to be busy. And I almost made the decision to, to buy a business a few weeks ago, an online business that was doing decent revenue. And I, I, I got spooked. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm going to be swamped. I'm going to be busy again. And this is not what I want from my life. So I pulled out my <laughs> personal vision statement. I actually keep a copy of it on my credenza. Um, and and not that if I show you this piece of paper, you're not, it, probably looks, it looks blank, right? But I look at it often because it's a reminder for me of the things that are important in my life. And when just as I was about to sign that paperwork for this business that I'm about to buy, I wasn't sleeping again. I'm like, like, what the heck am I doing? So I, I took that piece of paper out and I re-looked at it and I said, the things that I value in my life and my personal vision statement, if you will, aren't going to be reflected in the work that I'm going to be doing for the next year and a half running this business. And I decided not to buy it. So um, 
you know, I, I, it's been a bit of a challenge, to be perfectly frank with you, Steve. I'm, I'm not going to say that, look, I love life. I'm Financially, I'm, I'm, my family is doing really well. Uh, I don't have to work again, but I need a purpose. And I'm trying to define that purpose. And I always did as an entrepreneur. I always did as a business owner. And I no longer am really that. And I own businesses, but I don't run them. And so I provide guidance. I provide consulting. But there is something missing from my life. And, and especially now that we can't travel, which my wife and I were doing quite a bit of, um, it, it's this a bit of ex- existential threat. I think I mentioned that earlier of trying to figure out what is my place in this world and what do I do? Because I, I don't want a job and I, I, I don't want to run another business. And, and so, and I'm okay to be an investor, but I'm trying to find that that spot that I'm completely comfortable in to to find that purpose. So I can't say that I figured it out because I, and by the way, I don't think we ever figure it out. I think we're always trying to figure it out, but it's, it's a new purpose. It's new for me because when I was running my business, that was my purpose. And I did it for so many years. I never had to ask myself, what am I doing? Because when I, what I did was run a business. Now I don't run a business. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that we touched on, on, um, in the Kaufman interview where, being an entrepreneur is more of like an activity and a lot of people have very much made it part of their identity, you know, and, and it, and it kind of consumes you fully when it's your day in day out. And, uh, she was comparing it to like an athlete, you know, athletes, that's an activity that they do as a career. And, you know, they have different attributes that make them a great athlete and very similar to young entrepreneurs and, and everybody getting into the buying and selling of websites. It's very, very important to know that that is a, an activity. And part of that is, uh, you know, it takes a certain type of, um, you know, grit and, and personality to really continue to do that. And I do love the concept of you blogging. I think that that's really important for people to have an outlet after, you know, they have an exit and they've, they've kind of passed their baby on to someone else. I think that having an outlet like a blog or a YouTube channel or anything like that could potentially have, you know, that little piece of purpose that you're talking about. Have you found that with your, your kick-ass entrepreneur blog? Sure. So what I enjoy, it's been fairly cathartic for me because it, it allows me to, um, formulate my own thoughts and, and, I know that I'm helping other business owners and and people who have retired or semi-retired or near selling their business because I talk about all that stuff. Like, how do you know when it's time to sell your business? What's life like after you sell your business? I write an update every six months. What is my life like? Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs who have just sold who are ready to sell. They want to know what life's like. I actually started an organization called the Ice Network, and it's comprised of former entrepreneurs who are now semi-retired, retired. They're most of them are in their late 40s, 50s, who are trying to find purpose. I mean, there's some people in the group who've sold their business for big, big, big dollars. And just because they have a lot of money doesn't mean they've necessarily figured it out. So it's, I mean, some of them are angel investors, some of them are getting back into to businesses themselves. And we get together and we talk about, hey, what's life like? What are you doing? What are you up to? Uh, we talk about investment opportunities as well. Being an entrepreneur is is uh, whoever's done it, and especially if they've been successful or not, it, you, you come to realize 
it's a life. It's it's a huge challenge. It is it is difficult grinding work. And it's not like you're working 30 or 40 hours a week. Most entrepreneurs are working 80 hours a week and they're oftentimes they're not making any money for the first few years and you're grinding it out and you're wondering what the heck am I doing this for? And and you, that's why like I think it's what, what's the stat? I think 20% of of startup businesses make it past 5 years in business. And there's a reason that so so many of them go out of business because they, there's so many elements of business that that entrepreneurs don't seem to get. You've got to get past those hurdles. It is a big challenge. It's a lot of fun. And, and if I had to do it all over again, I absolutely would 100%. And I don't think I could ever work for somebody. I am an entrepreneur at heart. Well said, well said. So a question that I ask everybody on here, and this one is kind of a, a mind melter, is knowing what you know now, what would you tell Jeff 10 years ago? Mm, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, um what would I tell Jeff in, in 2010? What would my message to myself be? Uh, you know, I, I was floundering for quite a few years and, and my business was growing and it was doing well, but it's kind of plateaued. And I reached my, um, there, there's, a, there's a term in business called Peter Principle, and I'd reached it in probably 2008. And I didn't realize it until I was slapped in the face by one of my favorite employees who quit in 2013. And so I was running around for three years doing things in business that I, I didn't realize be, I'd become my business's worst enemy. And I'd wish someone had told me in 2008, 2009, 2010, hey, Jeff, you're doing things that are holding your business back. You got to stop doing them. And until one of my employees slapped me in the face and said, you're doing things that are holding your business back. You got to stop doing them. No one told me. I guess it's like the emperor has no clothes. No one wants to tell the emperor they have no clothes. So someone actually told me. And, and uh, as a result of that, I ended up moving past my point of incompetence, I changed my behavior and some of the ways I was doing things. And I learned to become more of a leader rather than a manager and to lead people. And from there, the business truly flourished. It did really well when I started leading as opposed to managing. Worked mm -hmm. on the business, not in the business. I changed my attitude towards it. Um, and I created a, a game plan and developed that growth pattern and, and plan that I'd, I, I had. So I wish I found that out sooner. Well said. Very nice. All right. So that's all the questions I have. Where can people go learn about your book and learn more about your journey? So you could find me at, on my website, thekickassentrepreneur.com. I also have a podcast. You can find that at the Small Business Millionaire. You can find it on Apple and, and Google Podcast. Um, and and uh, feel free to reach out to me if you're reading my blog and you have some questions. I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, if you guys are listening in on iTunes or Spotify or watching on YouTube, all of what Jeff just mentioned, all the links will be in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jeff. Great to meet you, Steve. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Exit presented by Flippa. Like I said before, the links will be in the description below so you can check out what Jeff Wiener's working on. He's doing some incredible content out there, really trying to focus on helping people and just searching for his next kind of uh, venture out there. So really great information in this episode. I hope that if anybody out there is struggling after, you know, post acquisition, definitely leave a comment or, you know, reach out to us directly. And there are a lot of resources out there that can help you find another niche, another piece of content to write about another topic 
and I highly recommend that people find uh, something to really find fulfilling and write about because writing, creating content from someone who's a, a, a full-time content creator and I love creating content, I think that that is a really great thing to have as an outlet for people post-acquisition. So that's my two cents. And this was an incredible interview touching on a subject that not many people touch on. So we were all really excited for this one. And if you guys liked it, please smash the like button. Don't forget to be subscribed because we have some amazing interviews coming in the next couple of days and weeks. And I will see you guys on the next episode of The Exit.